0: Also, we want you to remember that we're having Sunday nights going again. Uh, we meet here on Sunday night, Sunday night live. This Sunday night, Van Stringfellow is going to be sharing with us in the Sunday night service. And next Sunday night, Mary Walker, all the way at the back, is going to be sharing her testimony with us in the evening service. I've asked Mary to do that, and she's prayed about it, and it's going to come, and And do that, and you're going to be blessed. So please be a part of our Sunday night services so far. It's been just a very, very special time as we've gathered together. You know, we're on our way to the cross. We've been talking about that for some weeks, and we began that journey with Jesus as he rode into Jerusalem on the donkey, and the people were shouting Hosanna. They were praising him and worshiping him. Unfortunately, some of the same people there that day that were praising and worshiping Jesus would also be in the crowd shouting crucify in the days ahead. But a lot of people were swept up in that journey that Jesus was making. I want to think about some of those people, some of the people he encountered on the way and how they responded to them as he was on his way to the cross and as they were also on their way to the cross. I reminded you about that woman who had the alabaster jar of perfume, who broke it and anointed the, the head of Jesus, and what a wonderful time that was in the room where he was gathered there that night, but from that room, last week we talked about how it's on the way to the cross, and so after he was arrested, he was uh, beaten and mocked, and then he was taken to Pilate. Pilate talked to him a little while and then realized he was a Galilean And realized he was from Herod's jurisdiction. So in Luke chapter 22, I'm going to begin to read. uh, It's actually going to be in chapter 23. I'm going to begin to read in verse 8 about Herod's encounter with Jesus. It says, Now Herod was very glad when he saw Jesus, for he had wanted to see him for a long time, because he had been hearing about him and was hoping to see some sign performed by him and Herod questioned Jesus at some length but Jesus answered him nothing why was it that Herod was glad to see Jesus if you only read these verses it would appear that Herod wanted to be amused by some miracle but if you know the rest of the story you will find out that it was because Herod was haunted by sin. And so the title of the message this morning is Herod Haunted by Sin on the Way to the Cross. I have several things that I want to share with you about Herod as we talk about his encounter with Jesus. The first thing that I want to remind you of is that Herod was living in sin. That's not a phrase we use much anymore. As a matter of fact, there aren't many things that society would deem sin anymore, but the Bible makes it very clear that Herod was living in sin. There was a sin in his past for which he had been condemned. He was condemned by his own conscience. He was condemned by God's preacher, and he was condemned by God's word. But there was another sin in Herod's past, and on this day as he encountered Jesus, that haunted him. It was a sin that he buried, and it haunted his days and nights. And he hoped to see Jesus, and that that by seeing Jesus, it would lay the ghost of that sin to rest. To tell you a little bit about that sin, I need to give you a little bit of his family history. Now, we've been watching the news over the past couple of weeks, and we've seen Harry and Meghan who are part of the, or they were, part of the British Royals. And the British Royals, for those of you who don't know, is not a baseball team. It's the royal family in Britain, and we've been looking at their story. It's the story of the super rich and sometimes the super spoiled. You know the background of their story, and it helps you understand the news a little bit. So without the background of Herod and his story and his family, you aren't going to understand this moment in the life of Herod with the Lord Jesus. The first Herod that we encounter in the Bible was Herod the Great. He was, And Herod, by the way, is a family name. So he's Herod the Great. He was the one who was king when Jesus was born. Uh, Herod had been married many times and had a long list of sons. His firstborn son... Uh, most of them, by the way, grew to adulthood. Uh, some uh, they, they made it to adulthood, but they didn't make it much further uh, because, for instance, his firstborn son was Antipater, and feeling that he might be a threat to his throne, Herod had that son killed. Herod, the Great's second wife, bore him two more sons, Alexander and Aristobulus. Aristobulus lived long enough to have a daughter. Her name was Herodias. You might remember her. She's going to appear in our story. She's also in the New Testament. But then Herod had those two sons murdered as well. The daughter was allowed to live. Herod had another son by another wife. His name was Herod Philip, and Herod Philip was attracted to Herod's granddaughter and also his own niece, Herodias, and Herod Philip married Herodias. Herod had three other sons by two different wives. One of those sons was Herod Antipas, and Antipas is the guy in our story who had the audience with Jesus. His half-brother, who was mentioned earlier, Herod Philip, he and his wife Herodias had a daughter whose name was Salome. Now, the problem is that Herod Antipas stole his brother Philip's wife. I remind you that Philip was married to his father's granddaughter, who was also his niece. And now Antipas was married to Herodias, who was his father's granddaughter, his niece, and also his sister-in-law. So I've made it clear what an ugly, tawdry tale it was uh, in that time. Everyone knew about it. John the Baptist knew about it. Jesus knew about it. Everybody in uh, Israel at that time knew about Herod's family, just about everybody in everybody in Britain today and everybody almost all over the world knows about the royal family. So, number one, Herod was living in sin because he was married to his brother's wife. Number two, Herod was living with a condemned conscience. Mark chapter 6, verses 17 and 18, verses that won't be on the screen, For Herod himself had sent and had John arrested and bound in prison on account of Herodias, the wife of his brother Philip, because he had married her. For John had been saying to him, John the Baptist had been preaching, it is not lawful for you to be married or to be living with your brother's wife. Now that was a sin in Herod's past. It was still a sin in his presence, causing him night and day to live with a condemned conscience because he was living in adultery. Now, you might be here today living with a condemned conscience because of some ongoing situation in your life that the Lord has addressed. In the world of our day, it's easy to silence the messenger. You can turn off the TV, you can change churches, you can close your Bible, but you cannot escape the convicting power of the Holy Spirit, Herod couldn't escape the convicting power of the Holy Spirit, neither could Herodias. She too was haunted by sin, and the agent of her haunting was John the Baptist. As, as long as he lived, his preaching reminded her of her guilt. So at her urging, as we read in the scripture, Herod had him shut up in the dungeon of his royal palace. I'm told that Herod's palace stood on a lonely ridge that overlooked the Dead Sea. It was one of the grimmest, loneliest, and most unassailable fortresses in the world, underneath that palace were the dungeon, the dungeons where the staples and the iron hooks that held John the Baptist still protrude from the walls, and his prayers and his preaching as he was in that dungeon must have echoed up the up to the rooms of the palace and disturbed the sleep of Herodias. She wanted nothing more than for him to be silenced because. She, as well as her husband, were both living with a condemned conscience because of their sin. Anytime you live with sin in your life and God has shown you it is sin, until you deal with it, until you confess it and forsake it, God will make sure that you continue to live with a condemned conscience. Number three, Herod attempted to silence God's messenger. Now, the Bible tells us this happened on a strategic day in the life of Herod. It is always a strategic day in your life when you're making a decision about how you're going to deal with your sin. When God has let you know it's sin, what, what your next step is, what your next step will determine whether or not you can continue your journey with God. Some of you are working through the 40 days of devotions about David and his sin with Bathsheba and how God was trying to bring him from ruin to restoration. David had to deal with that sin. God brought him face to face with it and required that he deal with it. Now, the text we're going to read shows you the circumstances. Mark chapter 6, verse 19 through 28. Herodias had a grudge against him, that's against John the Baptist, and wanted to put him to death and could not do so because Herod was afraid of John, knowing that he was a righteous and holy man. He kept him safe. And when he heard him, he was very perplexed, but he used to enjoy listening to him. A strategic day came when Herod, on his birthday, gave a banquet for his lords and military commanders and the leading men of Galilee. And when the daughter of Herodias herself came in, It's not the daughter of Herod, you see. It says she's the daughter of Herodias because she was Philip, his brother's daughter, and now he was married to her mother, and she was living in his house. The daughter Salome came in and danced, and the Bible says that Herod was pleased and said, Ask me for whatever you want, and I will give it to you. And he swore to her, Whatever you ask me, I will give it to you up to half of my kingdom. And she went out and said to her mother, what shall I ask for? And she said, the head of John the Baptist. And the girl must also have been condemned by the preaching of John the Baptist because when she went to Herod, she embellished it a little bit. She said immediately, I want you to give me the head of John the Baptist on a platter. And so the Bible says, although Herod was sorry because of his oaths and his dinner guest, he was unwilling to refuse her. And he sent an executioner and commanded him to bring back his head. And he went and had him beheaded in the prison and brought his head on a platter and gave it to the girl. And the girl gave it to his mother. The messenger of God's spirit was at last dead. But was the voice of their conscience soothed by the death of John the Baptist? Was the voice of their conscience and the conviction of God's Spirit silenced by the death of John the Baptist? No, it was amplified because Herod was haunted by sin. You say, what do you keep using this word haunted for? I'm going to show you. It's in the story. After John's death, it appears that every time Herod had any inkling that someone was preaching, He always felt like it was John the Baptist. And here it is in plain language. The Bible says the disciples had been sent out by Jesus. They went and preached in the name of Jesus that men should repent. And in Mark chapter 16, verse 14 through 16, And King Herod heard of it, for his name had become well known. Jesus' name had become well known. And people were saying, John the Baptist has risen from the dead. That's why... These miraculous powers were at work in him, but others were saying he's Elijah. Others were saying he's a prophet. They were talking about Jesus. They were saying he's a prophet like one of the prophets. But when Herod heard of it, when Herod heard of it, he said, and he kept saying, John, whom I beheaded, has risen. You see, there was a sin in his past that he had buried, and the ghost of that sin haunted his days and nights. You may have a sin like that in your life. You think, well, I've laid that to rest a long time ago. But you've never dealt with it. You've never confessed it to God. You've never asked for forgiveness. You've just let it lay. You've buried it. You've forgotten about it. Yet God will not let you forget. God will bring it to your mind over and over until it's dealt with, until it's confessed before him, forsaken and forgiven. That sin that haunted him was not just adultery. It was murder. He hoped that uh, when Jesus came, it would prove to him that he was not John the Baptist and that he would be free from uh, the haunting that, and stalking of his soul by the conviction of God's Spirit, but it just didn't happen. Verses 8 and 9 of Luke chapter 23, where we started. Now Herod was very glad when he saw Jesus, for he had wanted to see him for a long time, because he'd been hearing about him and was hoping to see some sign performed by him. And he questioned him at some length, but Jesus answered him nothing. What I want you to see here is that Herod had an opportunity to deal with his sin on the way to the cross. What a moment this was. What a wonderful moment. What would you have done in that moment if you'd had an opportunity to have an audience with Jesus? You know, the Bible says that... uh, Jesus was approached by a wide variety of people uh, throughout his ministry. He ministered to those people. He helped those people. He comforted those people. He healed those people. Could he have healed Herod's wounded conscience? Could he have offered something, Herod, in his sin that would have been a relief uh, for his soul? Yes, he could. But Herod did not take advantage Of that opportunity. Finally, I want you to see there was nothing but silence between Jesus and Herod, and that silence cut deep into Herod's conscience. For some of you listening today, that is all there is between you and Jesus a cold, dead silence and the voice of your condemning conscience haunted by sin. So, what did Herod learn uh, when the conviction of God's Spirit? pierced his heart. What did he learn to do? Well, he learned to silence the messenger, to kill the messenger. And that's been a common thread across the years. You look in the Old Testament, there were times that the voice of Jeremiah, they tried to silence his voice. John the Baptist, they tried to silence his voice. The Lord Jesus, they tried to silence his voice. Down through the years, I've seen some local pastor who has no fear of those to whom he preaches, and they will try to silence his voice by hook or by crook. Herod stood condemned in the presence of Jesus. He stood a thousand times more convicted than he ever had been in John's presence. And the Bible says, this is how he responded. Luke 23, verses 10 through 12. And the chief priests and the scribes were standing there, accusing him vehemently. And Herod with his soldiers, after treating Jesus, with contempt and mocking him, dressed him in a gorgeous robe and sent him back to Pilate. Now Herod and Pilate became friends that day with one another, for before they had been enemies. Maybe Herod slept in peace that night after he sent uh, Jesus on to Pilate. Maybe even he slept in peace the night Jesus was crucified, And the second night after Jesus was crucified. But on the third day, when Jesus, when word came that Jesus had risen from the dead, what do you think happened to the voice of Herod's conscience? It could not be silenced. The conviction of God's Spirit continued to deal with him. Now, here's the question You are on your way to the cross. Because we're swept up every year at this time. We have a cross sitting out on our property. We have crosses in the window. There's a cross on the screen. And even if those weren't there, you would still be on your way to the cross. Will you deal with your sin on the way to the cross? Will you respond to the conviction of God's Spirit? Will you uh, listen to your own conscience as it condemns you? because of your sin, and will you confess your sin and forsake it at the cross of Jesus? My goodness, what an opportunity Herod had. What a wonderful moment to be in the presence of the Lord Jesus. Do you realize that that's where you are today? Not because I said so, but because the Bible says so. The Bible says that when two or three are gathered in his name, Jesus said, I am in the midst of them. So here we are today in our fellowship hall, not even in our sanctuary. Do you think Jesus knows where we are? Do you think Jesus meets with us today? Do you think he's speaking to somebody here about something in their life that they need to get right with him? Maybe speaking to you because you've never trusted Jesus as your Savior what a wonderful opportunity this is as God speaks to your heart. I told the early service this morning, down through the years, whether it's a little eight-year-old girl or whether it's a 40-year-old man, I've had people tell me, Brother Eddie, I just I just felt Jesus speaking to my heart, and there's no other way to put it. There's that tug, that pull, that call that comes to your heart, and you know it's Jesus. And you know in that moment that you have an opportunity to respond to him. That's your opportunity today. The Bible says, today, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart. Would you pray with me?